0: all right so we are here we're here uh hey i actually have a quick question for you so, so would you rather explore space or the ocean
1: give me space 100 percent, because i am not trying to catch a ancient megalodon on like the mariana trench or something like that
0: heck no definitely space Yep. Yep. Same. Also want to know if there's aliens out there and plus uh, me and swimming don't mix if at all. So uh yes. Just perpetuating it. stereotypes now. <laughs> Look, it, it is what it is. And also uh the pressure would, would crush me alive.
1: <laughs> Fair. Well, to our listeners, thanks for joining us. All five of you, Um, probably two of them are moms, but We're so happy to join you. First of all, I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And together, Meech and Meech presents... The Blurred City Podcast. Yeah, so just a quick catch-up. We're dropping to you. This should be June 8th on Wednesday. We're coming to you every Wednesday for a solid 12 to 13 episode run. We're going to reevaluate after that, see if we want to do a season two and what that looks like. But... Just so you know, we're going to be available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your available podcasts. You can also check out our Patreon. Right now, we have the first two practice runs we ever did. So first one is a Dr. Strange movie review, and second is an in-depth look character study of Gara. So quickly, you can just follow us at City 22 both on Instagram and Twitter. And before we kick off, let me throw it to our resident lawyer on the show for our legal Spiegel. Uh,
0: Yes. And of course, we have to do this legal disclaimer just to cover our bases. And it states that the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media. All respective sources we reference are owned by their respective companies, and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and do not reflect any biases or corporate agendas. Your discretion is advised.
1: Yeah. So this next section, what we would typically do is call it what's hot. So anything that's cool, popular, what people are talking about in the world of media or gaming or any just other platforms. But first, you have to kind of know who you're rocking with. And this being our first episodes, we kind of want to let you in on who we are first before we get into that. So just to answer the first question, who are we? You want to let them know who you are?
0: Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm Meech, uh, also Demetrius, and I'm pretty much, a, pretty much a Black nerd. Been been it all my entire life. Uh, I was pretty much ingrained to it from a young age. I was raised on many different TV shows, such as Batman, the animated series, Spider-Man, the animated series, X-Men, the animated series. But I was also raised on really goaded video games video games, movies, and especially anime, you know, like your Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho, Mobile Suit Gundam, the entire spectrum of Toonami. But yeah, Yeah. just been ingrained in it since day one.
1: Yeah. And I'm Demetrius, or just if you want to go with my author name, Mitri A-Dash. And similar to you, just even the shows that you mentioned, but growing up, I always had my head in games and books and tv just or in the clouds like helping my imagination grow help it to run wild so it's something that's just been a part of me ever since i can remember so that's definitely a big thing um so kind of what are your favorite shows growing up i know you listed a few but anything else
0: Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so one of my favorites growing up was Courage the Cowardly Dog uh, it's, it's a great horror uh, yes. inspired show. Don't know Creepy. why we were allowed to watch it as kids, but uh, but hey, we it, it's great. And of course, I got to talk about it. Avatar The Last Airbender, one of, <laughs> one of the best shows of all time. No, No explanation needed.
1: Yeah, I I heard they had a movie about that, but I'm not sure if that's a rumor or not. Did Did you hear anything about that?
0: Uh, nope, never heard of that once in my life. Okay, cool. So it's just that. Okay, cool. Yep, yep. What about you? Uh, for me, obviously,
1: like the goats, like you mentioned, anything on Toonami, just the trifecta of Nickelodeon disney channel cartoon network but just a few shows other than like the upper s tier ones but some ones that i like found appointment viewing were danny phantom mm. ben 10 which mm. i i love me some ben 10 and then also static shock was definitely three that just like really stuck with me besides the goats, and just even with favorite shows what who's your favorite character currently
0: Oh, yes. And this is a question I've had uh, answered in different ways, the different characters who are also my favorite. At one time I was going to say Spider-Man, but he's always goaded. He's always a great character, but I'm going to have to go with the true goat. And that's Venom. (laughs) Uh, He's my favorite character because he's just so awesome. Like design wise, he's a buffer Spider-Man with, uh, you know, with the teeth and the tongue. Uh he's an anti-hero, so he takes nothing from nobody. And and of course, again, lethal protector. So he just goes out and he does what what needs to be done. And I feel like he's a great character because he he's basically Spider-Man without a lot of the flaws that Spider-Man has currently.
1: Mm-hmm. And what flaws would you say those are?
0: well uh, it's mostly in terms of writing. Uh it feels like the writers at Marvel these days, they uh like to seem to want to make spider-man more of a man child in sense of like they won't let him grow out of like a high school mentality like especially in films and whatnot but also like such a like major self-sabotaging in life to where it seems like he just actively hates his own life and uh and like at a certain point you just have to go enough is enough man get it together
1: So we already have to start out with beef because Spider Man's my favorite hero, (laughs)
0: favorite Mm -hmm.
1: character ever. Growing up, I mean, for me, he was always relatable. Um, just him, like you were saying, starting off in high school, and just like how he—he was one of the few heroes that, like, his secret identity was sacred to him because Peter Parker is essential to the character as much as Spider Man is. In a way Mm -hmm. that even if you watch the new Batman movie. You clearly see like people are there to see the Batman, not Bruce Wayne. But like with Spider-Man, it's like, okay, that balance and then Spider-Man coming out with the Green Goblin originally. And then Spider-Man 2 being one of my probably my favorite superhero show. I mean, movie until No Way Home came out just from just so many acting perspectives. The storyline was incredible. Uh, OG Aunt May gave one of the best speeches ever. So it was just like a character that I could definitely relate to growing up.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, and who and who could ever forget with great power, there must also come great responsibility, a golden yeah. line which we should always live by. 100%. So with us both being 26, how come you never left it? Oh, uh, man. Yeah. So I pretty much never left it because of the fact that like sure like we we age up but i feel like there's a lot of undertones a lot of different layers to different different shows or comics or anything in the nerddom and it it can provide many great life lessons great philosophical or existential issues or even adult issues that come out looking at you avatar the last airbender and it's really just and it also just brings me a lot of enjoyment like i I can just sit in and watch stuff for hours.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, and for me, why I never left, I just think that, it. well, one, it's something that I truly love just in every platform, every avenue of it. And for me, it also serves as an anchor, something that I can easily talk about. I know sometimes in social situations when I'm around a lot of people, it can be hard if I don't have that anchor to like kind of talk to and connect with for people in that perspective, but it's something that just I really love a lot. And if you really love something, why just like give up on it so easily? So that's why I never left it. But just going from there, what are you kind of into now?
0: Oh man, what am I into now? Well, I'm still in my venom bag, you know, uh still love reading the comics. Uh Donna Cates had, in my opinion, the best run of all time for the character uh also into characters like batman spawn uh green lantern and many different other uh image comic books but uh i'm kind of like leaning more towards the anime side as of right now i'm watching you know many different shows like one piece which is still goaded <laughs> watching 86 which is a great <sighs> anime really Amazing. great and uh i was like season t- next season win uh <laughs> And then finally, I'm watching stuff like Rising of the Shield Hero and this really weird one called Trapped in a Dating Simulator. Mm. Now, the name may sound bad, but <laughs> it, it's actually it's actually a lot better than you think. Like it like the name pretty much is only about the premise and it does and is completely different than anything I've ever experienced before. It is a great show
1: yeah you know a lot of people have thoughts
0: about when they heard that <laughs> yep yep so i had to dispel the rooms like just right then and there
1: yeah for me i'm into marvel dc anime as you said also super into the amazon shows um and amazon is like really in their bag right now uh, with the boys wait till we have that episode um also invincible season two please hurry up <laughs> so things like that and then i am still you know still the eight month wait list for a ps5
0: so oh i'm i'm so sorry about that I'm still enjoying mine <laughs> to this day
1: yeah but just with that what has nerddom in general inspired you to create
0: Oh, man. Well, it definitely, like, inspired me to create in terms of writing and fan fiction. Uh, well, firstly, like, the character of Venom inspired, like, my username, which is Absolute Venom. And through there, like, I write many different fan fiction on the fan fiction side as well as Wattpad. Uh, just different stuff like different content and like my favorite is of course symbiosis at world's end which you can find on wattpad it's about the end of the world but with symbiotes in it and note it did i did write it before king and black so before you start noticing some similarities i did it first just Thanks. leaving it at that
1: and <laughs> take your credit
0: <laughs> yeah Got even you. though uh even though I'm pretty sure I can probably not get any type of monetization from it. But hey, it, it's it's the pride that counts.
1: <laughs> yeah, for me, I it nerddom in general just inspired me to want to become an author um, mm-hmm. right now, self-published. But I just remember always thinking of this one scene in my head and it would play out constantly uh, towards the end of whatever the story is that I was telling. But I never had anything for the beginning. And I remember just one night asking myself, okay, what comes before it? And then I started obsessing obsessing about it and like, what's the story? What am I supposed to, how did we get here? So I just remember taking my laptop and going, hey, I don't really know how to make a movie, even though I want to see the scene as a movie one day, but I was like, no one can stop me from writing a story. So I just took off from there. First 50 pages were kind of tough, just getting used to writing again, since we have high school, college, writing technical papers. It's not really fun. It's very basic, you know, point X equals Y equals Z. But just like getting it and going from there, it was just super fun, even having dreams about writing our dreams about my book and then just putting that into words has been incredible so that inspired me to write my first novel phantom pains a most irregular tale which is currently available on amazon nice i'm also i also finished a young adult mystery book which is kind of like the love child between i know what you did last summer and all american and then i'm currently writing the sequel to my first book so I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to just get to the people. And before we even go to our deep dive, like just why we were inspired to create a podcast.
0: Yeah, uh, I know for me, it was definitely because, uh, you know, like as Black people, we definitely need to have like platforms out there, you know, spread the word out and just show that like, hey, we can uh, like have some type of Black pride in something and also to just Really express just our love for the nerd culture and the nerd fandom, and to just bring that love out to the world and just let people know. Yeah, it's so
1: funny. Just our story where it's like, I, I moved to Houston and we meet for the first time. And it's like, oh, I'm Demetrius. You're also Demetrius, same age, same interests. And it's like, we're perfectly clones of each other. And even me just like wanting to have a podcast, but like not knowing what style of it that I wanted to do or who to do it with. And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, I have the perfect co-host waiting. So (laughs) I come to you and it's like, boom.
0: Yep. And and it was actually great, too, because like I was just like in the midst of, you know, like when you're just in your thoughts and just like you just like going through different things that are going into your mind. And one of mine was just like, I wonder how good would it be if I had a podcast? And and then next thing you know, like maybe five minutes later, here you come, just giving me the opportunity and giving giving me the opportunity and to be a co-host. And I'm just like and shaking hands because uh, we're doing it. Yeah.
1: So definitely, we crossed the sacred timeline and ready to go. So now this is the portion of the pod where we put our scuba gear on and we get ready to go on the deep dive. So we're going to look at the and discuss the cultural shift that started occurring in nerddom,
0: being a geek and how that's shifted into pop culture. So, oh, yes. And just to start things off about that, we really need to just talk about the stigma around nerd culture in general and and also as just black nerds in general. And I find that like within nerddom, there's like a level of scorn and toxicity especially when when it concerns like people on the outside judging judging us and I'm, we managed to boil it down to four different categories but uh let's just say the third category has like has like five different sub subcat- subheadings but uh we'll let you know when we get to that so level right. one are superheroes you know, like your comic books, superheroes, you know, you know, the the D, you know, Marvel DC, all that good jazz. And right. then level two are your cartoons, you know, that's like your Danny Phantoms, your uh Ben 10s, you know, Cartoon Network, uh Nickelodeon, Disney, all that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then level three, which is where the, the big category comes in. And where where pe- where things start to get uh, worse, if you ever mention that you're part of this uh group, it is we title it the fantasy group, and that right. consists of Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Dungeons and Dragons, like all those encompasses the fantasy uh group, and uh and it and just gets worse from there with the final category the anime group <laughs> the level of scorn <laughs> the, the level of scorn that you get if you ever mention you're in the anime group is who oh boy Who oh boy yeah. yeah so just going in depth for each tier and why
1: we have it layered the way we do so for us we're both 26 so you can kind of backtrack uh the past 26 years why we kind of created it the way we did so The superhero group is the group where almost every, well, a lot of people as kids, you know, this is your trick or treat outfit for Halloween. This is what's on your lunchbox, your shoes, your clothing, the toys that you have. Everyone wants to be a superhero when they're younger, or at least they want to be a villain, but they know what it is. So just having fun with that. um, er Everyone's into it. And then, you know, eventually grow out of it, but it's not something that Is easily made fun of unless you're like really in depth about the comics. (laughs) And from that perspective, moving on to the cartoon level. So, cartoons, a lot of people growing up, again, Saturday morning, Friday night, that's the cartoons. That's where you are, Cartoon Central. And you age out of it. But even to this day, I can quote SpongeBob (laughs) like, like, like easily. So, even people my age can do that. So, it's something that you age out and it kind of evolves, but you kind of look for more mature thinking of it for the next level, our fantasy level. This is where it gets a bit dicey. So with, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, D and D there's a lot of lore and a lot of the fans are super passionate. And this this kind of passion leads to different cosplays or different, let's say, language speaking that isn't <laughs> normal to most people. So, going from there, that's where a lot of scorn kind of gets drawn in. And then for the final level, anime, you are not getting credit for being able to do hand signs from Naruto like your Kakashi. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs>
0: Oh man, trust me. As as I mentioned earlier, like if you mention that you're deep into anime, like if you you were considered a weeb. So like if you Oof. uh like in and pretty much like most of this stuff, like specifically like from cartoons onwards, like it it kind of feels like it starts at middle school. Like once middle school hits, all those things start to feel more like obsolete and childish. So right. for example, with the anime community. If you start, like, if you're in gym class and you start running like Naruto, you got a problem. If you start wearing wearing that headband, you got a problem. If you start screaming like you're trying to go Super Saiyan. <laughs> bruh! Like, I still remember that Jalen going Super Saiyan video on YouTube. It, bruh! The amount of roasting that that man got. It is right. It is legendary right but yeah it's like really in gist of it's like hey hey like if you were into those things and especially like as a black person like and you outwardly showed it yep get ready for all the criticism all of the roasting and all of the side glares and don't expect to get like a boyfriend or girlfriend especially like in a popular crowd anytime soon
1: Yeah, that was definitely one of the big stigmas. And then even in the fantasy, going back to that, just even thinking about like how in depth or how deep you can get into it. I remember when I was about eight years old, I was at my aunt and uncle's house. And this is, I believe it's before Goblet of Fire. And I've seen every Harry Potter movie up to that point. So I remember just saying spells, Or, But it was more gibberish, you know, I didn't really know what I was saying. I was young at the time, and I remember my dad just caught me, and he called me over. And he was like, what are you saying? And I was like, you know, I'm just saying spells from Harry Potter. And for the next two to three years, I was completely banned from watching Harry Potter. Like, I was not going to the theaters to see it. If my parents were home, I could not watch it. (laughs) So, Mm. yeah, I don't know if you had a similar experience in the fantasy realm, Oh
0: man, and that's the worst part. I I did, and it was also with Harry Potter, where uh, where of course like I'm watching movies. Uh, of course, like I'm mentioning spells like left and right. And uh, if you're in the black community, you know about the religious grandma, oh, and I made the uh c- the critical error of doing this all in front of her. And you know what? <laughs> and you know what that led to? That led to a. 30 plus minute discussion or more like a 30 plus minute rant on how harry potter was uh turning me into a witch how it was gonna make me uh stop loving god and start worshiping satan and that it's the devil and just and just a whole can of worms that i that uh that i was just over so so yeah it was It was rough. So you got that. Come sit next to grandma baby speech. Oh no, it ain't even like that. It was like, boy, get over here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, similar experience. But just transitioning from there, we can kind of get into the stigmas and how some of them are accurate based on the toxicity and the culture.
0: Oh, yes. And just to get on the topic of toxicity, what do you think is the most toxic? of fandoms at least based on that list that we have
1: so the so for the superhero group the is it related to the source material or how close does it stick along with kind of anime and manga people it, it's it can be bad but people can at some point get over it you know yeah. it's not the end of the world and like i think a lot of more people are just like whatever and it's mm-hmm. like can ignore it but in the fantasy realm. Star Wars fans are just like
0: out of pocket
1: sometimes. Bruh. 100% out of pocket.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, 100% like like come on now. Like I'm I'm talking to you Star Wars fans right now. You you guys are complaining about the the absolute most. So Of course, like, you know, of course, like when it came to the prequels and just how much hate that got just because it wasn't in the direction that you guys thought it was going in or just how when it comes to a certain casting, like how uh, the actress who played Rose in The Last Jedi was bullied off of social media just because of her her performance in Last Jedi and also ended up getting a reduced role in The Rise of Skywalker because of it Mm. but that has nothing in comparison to what's happened with Moses Ingram. She's a phenomenal actress very phenomenal and yet just been receiving a bunch of racist tirades just because of the fact that the third sister is, is an insufferable
1: character Right. And just even the actor, like she was Emmy nominated for the Queen's Gambit, which I remember there was like a two, three week period where nobody could stop talking about that show. And just even with her, like the character itself is supposed to be hated. It's the character that's literally chasing down Obi-Wan. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've seen that character that is like one track minded, has to prove myself before. But at the same time, we are three episodes by the time of this recording in and Like, I think she's doing a great job in the role that she's asked to do. And I just think that a lot of people are kind of hiding their racism or sexism as fandom. And it's not true. But I do love the support of just like the other parts of the community, just like kind of repping for. But I think just even with that, um, we'll kind of touch on it later, but how we sometimes try to get a seat at the table Mm -hmm. um, with casting in terms of it, I can see from if someone were to bring it up from a place of curiosity of okay this character is pr- traditionally portrayed one way, and now they're being portrayed a completely different way and hired for this reason. and. We can have the conversation about it, but at the same time, I'm because I'm more in the camp of just create a new character, and we see how popular Miles Morales is in Spider Verse and just his comics in general, or an immediate show as the New Hulk, or even sometimes the character is more popular than the original. Looking at you, John Stewart, Green Lantern, who is Ooh. much more popular than Hal Jordan. Ooh. a real one based on the Justice League. So. Yeah, even if you want to just touch on just, like, kind of acceptance from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I feel like uh, when it comes to, like, acceptance with our community, uh, especially, like, in the Black community, it, it was, it's kind of rough, especially, like, when it comes to nerdom because of the fact that, like, in the community, like, whenever you, like, have little understanding for something, you tend to either have scorn for it or fear it and uh more than more often than not it's typically the scornful side and going off with that it also like causes people to develop like some stereotypes and what they perceive as like okay this is what this uh fandom is about so for example like what is like your description or like what do you have in your mind when you think of the prototypical nerd I think
1: that they are in their parents' basement. They typically overweight, um, don't have a job, haven't seen the sunlight in over a month, poor diet, um, poor at communicating, not really a productive member of society, um, can barely talk in real sentences. And if they're a game, oh, especially if they're a gamer, just like cursing nonstop, like it's a very un... A lot of people would think that if you just
0: say nerd or geek, in my opinion yeah definitely definitely and and like with that like i feel like there's like nothing like worse than what people think about those in the D &D community (laughs) because like all of those things that you mentioned earlier like they track with that but also the fact of yeah you know being in somebody's basement playing game for hours or days at a time and like having little to no social skills and having like, oh, or like people trying to speak a whole other language that nobody else would even think about. Like Elvish, for example, looking at you, Lord of the Rings. But but yeah, I feel like when it comes to all of those, it comes out of a place of like just misunderstanding and misunderstanding like the group, the culture, and just how fun and accepting it can be.
1: Yeah, and just like even how you touched on with D&D, like I had a character um, in grad school, uh, Scamos the Weary, who is a level 14 tiefling. But again, like I'm mentioning, I was in grad school when I did it. So, and there are a lot of people like in the group that were just like different backgrounds, different levels of just like education. And it shows that we can be a productive member of society. And then even as you were saying, just being a black nerd in general, It's that that whenever you're a minority for some for whatever reason, whenever you kind of dip outside your culture, for lack of a better saying, it's like you're less of what you are for some reason, um, Mm -hmm. less of that minority. But at the same time, I've just been thinking over the past few years of kind of there's a lot of duality in people or more of a plurality where we're not really one thing, one way, you know we're not just coins or yeah heads and tails but we have a lot of different interests we have a lot of different things that we enjoy so for me i can just think of like i i love football and basketball as much as i love um anime or superheroes like that's equal to me i can go to a coldplay concert who's like literally one of my favorite bands and like almost cry my heart out but at the same time rap bar for barf to a money bag yo song in my car so so it's kind of just like there's that blend to it there's not one but i do just recall kind of how you said middle school is kind of like the roughest period of time where a lot of people blot out memories of middle school for being honest but i know like ever since fifth grade i had like one friend like leave my best friend like leave every year and that kind of sucked. So then I just kind of was like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna have friend groups. So like each person, each group fits a specific need in my life. So I can talk to these people about this or these people about gaming, these people about sports, these people about TV shows um, in that sense. But it was like compartmentalizing
0: my pieces of myself and splitting off just to like survive in a sense. Yeah, definitely, and I really do like that point about compartmentalizing like yourself and splitting off because that's actually a form of code switching, which for those of you who do not know, code switching is whenever you change how you act, how you behave, how you speak to a certain person or group just so that like you can fit in with said group. So for example, like for myself really, uh i pretty much like mastered the art of code switching uh i feel like everybody code switches to a degree but i feel like i mastered it to a heavy degree so like and it all started in middle school because right. uh i was like yeah i was your prototypical nerd growing up but like i also like developed more interests outside of it you know like watching uh like watching bet and all the different shows on there uh, listening to like more rap music and and like playing football, uh, watching football and basketball and just developing like more interest outside of it. So that way I can like legit talk to other people and not be a complete weirdo, at least in their eyes and feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm hip. Like I'm part of the in crowd. Mm-hmm. So, so like really, but and then I'd have and then I, I had to find like these core group of people who I feel like, oh, man, these are the people who I can talk with just for hours about like my about my like my alert, my love for like nerddom. And, exactly. and it feels like that's like it's almost like, man, that's the real me that mm-hmm. is coming out and talking and is able to get it all out, whereas I'm using everything else as a bit of a facade or a mask, if you will even though, like, the mask has also become part of me.
1: We all wear different masks in different theaters, if you say. But just even with that own community, we can even talk about just, like, getting a, a seat at the table in terms of other communities accepting us in terms of nerddom.
0: hmm Yeah. So, like, when it comes to, like, you know, being accepted into, like, other uh groups, there's, like like, okay, so... I know like for me like when it comes to the anime community it like for me it all started whenever you whenever like okay i just like talked with one person about dragon ball z and then we start going going into a different spiral into many different other uh avenues and it kind of like it almost always starts that way like you start trying to figure out about one thing and then it just grows and grows and you just start finding more and more and more in common right
1: yeah so just even with this this podcast like you mentioned earlier it's a chance to get our foot in the door let other people just kind of hear our perspectives or just our fandom in general you know this is these are things that we generally love and just want to talk about it, like, and talk and hear from it from other people. So it's kind of a chance to connect and then a place to connect with people. And just how it shifted, if we think about it, the things that kind of helped it to become popular, in my opinion, I would say first and foremost, definitely Marvel. Uh, yeah. The Marvel Cinematic Universe changed the game for me. Yeah. Spider-Man 2, like I mentioned earlier, was the standard for movies of superhero movies. A lot of movies, even including like Iron Man, Thor and the first Captain America and the Incredible Hulk were just kind of like same general movie if you think about it. But then when Avengers came out, that became appointment viewing
0: and it was just an incredible experience. Hmm. and i actually had a great experience about that where when the uh, i'm much like you like I, I was a spider-man purist and a batman enthusiast as well so yeah. like i'd pretty much primarily like you know watch spider-man spider-man 2 spider-man 3 um <laughs> you know like batman begins dark night and goaded movie by the way and yes. i just leave it at that you know like Okay, I did watch Ghost Rider which was actually a pretty great movie. Uh it's funny, but but like yeah, but like I never like took any care to watch, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, Incredible Hulk cuz I was like, who cares about those characters? Right. I sure didn't. Uh it's like it's just like me, Spider-Man, Batman and the X-Men, like we were all together and it actually took my sister To like take me to the theaters to see the Avengers, and it's funny because like my sister's the type to where, as we mentioned in earlier cultures, like she's the type of like black woman who would uh, scoff and scorn at a at a person if they ever mentioned that they were part of like this fandom, and yet here she is bringing me to see the Avengers, and that was her third time watching that movie, so it definitely. So that so uh, Avengers definitely like brought superheroes into the cultural zeitgeist.
1: Yeah, because it was definitely just like the first moment where we saw that major crossover. Like we saw, we've seen crossovers in TV shows before, but nothing like that on screen where it's like so many movies start to connect to one. And for me, I hadn't seen the Avengers in theater like that first uh, movie. It took me over a year to see it when I saw it on TVD. What's that? so then (laughs) so then i saw it i was like yo this is incredible and similar to you like people that i never expected to talk about a superhero movie were like telling me how great it was and so from there you know i would say around when ultron came out every single marvel movie became appointment viewing where it was like we have to go see this and it was like a miniature super bowl where it connected so many people it's one of the few things that can get people off social media for a week because you don't want to get spoiled yep. and just like the reaction to avengers uh infinity war and Endgame game is like that hype for it was absolutely incredible i think another thing for me that also just we saw a real shift um on the lower level tier, like we mentioned, where in terms of anime and how that probably is elevated now is Attack on Titan. For me, I think Attack on Titan is probably the most important anime of the past 10 years, possibly the past 20 years. So obviously, Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, both laid the foundations in the 80s and 90s. So that's kind of where you they found a foothold in America and say like, okay, we can actually be popular here. And then the big three of One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto, Naruto probably mid-2000s, early 2010s, you know, is also just like real key. A lot of people hate on it now, but we can't deny how popular and how important it was to the growth of anime. But with just Attack on Titan, we saw the storytelling was so different and yeah. it felt so mature compared to everything else that we saw,
0: oh yeah, like i I just remembered how jaw dropping that first episode was, and then Game how turn. and then how uh just just a slap in the face that seventh episode was, <laughs> yes, just everybody getting wrecked left and right, and just like, oh, oh, this is what we're doing now, yeah, that's crazy, N- let me keep watching, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. But yeah, also like going into that, I feel like another like big shift, like a big game changer came in the fantasy genre with the advent of Game of Thrones. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. HBO was wilding when they decided to make that show. And I feel like that was a, an event to where everybody like they wanted to to like watch the show keep going week to week to see like when the next episode was see like all the different theories and I actually have a pretty great story where like it was my freshman year of college you know going to college uh pretty much basically by myself had almost like nobody who I knew and and like I'm in my dorm in the dorm rooms and I'm just walking by and I see like some people who are just Gathered together watching a TV show, so I just stopped in say like, "What y'all watching?" It's like Game of Thrones. Like, oh, bet. Can I watch? Like, yeah, sure. Come on in, and (laughs) and these people who like I watched Game of Thrones with every single week for all my time in college, they are still lifelong friends to this day. Nice. Yeah,
1: that definitely brought people together. I know the final season is a very sour note to Mm. a lot of people. For like the entire show but that that was also like water cooler talk where before the streaming became super big where it's like okay each sunday did you see game that monday morning that monday morning afternoon whenever you saw your friends or people did you yep. see game of thrones did you see what happened talk about who died Yep. it's definitely a connecting it's like one of the last times we actually from a week-to-week basis would talk about shows like that so just even also talking about how it became popular we see more celebs even representing their love of different avenues we can see a michael b jordan in black panther repping a vegeta outfit you know it being inspired different lyrics of different characters being in songs and just other ways that it's represented mm-hmm. and we also see just more spaces to talk about it, like podcasts and, you know, podcasts now are what lemonade stands used to be in the past and just like different content creators. This is their mowing the grass to make money like this, you know, the money is now involved as well. So that also helps it grow because whatever you create, people are also reacting and creating. So it just helps it grow.
0: So what do you think's next in this space? Oh, man, Uh, you kind of touched on it a bit earlier, but uh, what's next is streaming, you know, so avenues like Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, because y'all, y'all are doing things right now. Disney Plus, HBO Max, uh, Hulu, you know, all these different streaming services, Crunchyroll uh for for the anime in me Uh, like all these different streaming services are coming out and they are providing like different services different ways of people to watch their shows and like with the advent of how life is now you know with with us coming out of the pandemic and like people are staying home whether it's working at home or just staying there for medical reasons people need Things to like occupy their time. So, what better way than to binge a whole TV show and developing like their love for a certain, for like a certain uh group or certain like avenues. And I feel like if we, it's just gonna keep going from there. Like more streaming services are probably gonna get released and and release additional content. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Streaming is huge. I think we're going to definitely have a conversation about it one night about like the kind of effect of streaming in terms of content and then the quality of content. But even going from there, I think that once we really figure out virtual reality, that's going to be something that we're going to try to explore more in terms of gaming or like if you have a virtual reality headset, do you take it to the movie theaters or do you do it at home and like payment from there. So I think that's definitely big. So just wrapping up our deep dive, we're going to get into what's hot soon. Just again, talking about what's popular, what's coming out. But before we get into that, we're going to get into
0: our sponsor for the day. So hit us off, Meech. Oh, yes. So our sponsor for today is The Darkhold. Do you have a loved one who you may or may not be able to see again whether they passed away or trapped in another dimension well our Elder God K'Than has a solution for you. His special book, known as The Darkhold, it allows you to be able to traverse the multiverse and allow you to be able to see, speak, or perhaps even uh, transport yourself to the multiverse to that world where your loved one lives again. Side effects of this uh, book may include eternal servitude to the Elder God K'Than, corruption, and utter black. Air Force activity. Uh, please express extreme caution when using this product. Now we will return back to our regularly scheduled program.
1: Thanks. And dark Darkhold, I heard it's very scarce. There's about one per multiverse. But going from there, now we get into what's hot. So kind of what's going on? What are you hearing? What is cool right now? Oh, boy. I gotta talk about it, man. The Boys season three. Oh my gosh! I cannot wait to that
0: episode. <laughs> Good lord, These, this show is. The boys have always been wilding, but this season they seem to just hit the ground running and just want to hit us with back to back bangers. Because at the time of this episode, the first three episodes came out, and I just need the whole season out already. Like perfection. It's like it's just it's just too much, but. But Disney Plus is not far behind because they said, oh, nah, you want three episodes of greatness? Let's watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Do I have to say much about that third episode? Do I have to say anything? Cool, go. Exactly. There's, that's just amazing. And In fact, as as of the recording of this episode, in one week's time which is the day that you should be listening to this podcast, Miss Marvel will be released Mm. to grace us with more Marvel good content and to allow us to experience greatness once again. Yes. So what's hot for me, um,
1: by the time you're hearing
0: this, it
1: should be a day or two before Jurassic King Dominion comes out. The following week we will have a, a movie review for that. So it was gonna be completely based on Jurassic King Dominion, the end of another trilogy. Um, I'm gonna be very excited for us to get to talk about that. Um, what's next is also Spy Family in Ooh. the realm of anime. It's incredibly good, Ooh. very high ratings. It's like, I believe it's like number two ranked anime of all time right now. And it's only nine episodes in, which is incredible. And then also if you have time to spare, then you can also watch Stranger, Stranger Things all, hey. all 20 hours before volume two comes out
0: in July. So, And just uh, wows us all.
1: Yes. So going from there, we have our geek out segment of the week. So ideally, we want this to eventually turn into a fan segment. So you can submit on Twitter or Instagram, even email us like voice notes or audio. But this is a time where we take just something that you're incredibly invested in, something that you've really enjoyed and felt the need to geek out about. So for me, I'm going to start with Ranking of Kings. Oh my God. One of the best shows, period, that I've ever watched. Um, Ranking of Kings is incredible. It's an anime and... When I say it and you look it up, you're going to be like, you're probably going to have the same reaction that I had and a lot of people had initially, where you see the artwork for it and be like, I'm not watching this. It looks too childish. And even if you're into anime, you're going to have that reaction because when it first came out is around the time of Demon Slayer, which had like the budget that I've never seen before in animation. And Ranking of Kings is just incredible storytelling, period. Um, Every character just gets their due. Every moment seems to matter. And it has one of the best friendships that I've ever seen just like depicted in any kind of medium where Boji and Kage are just like incredible and made to like be like that pure platonic friendship is incredible to have. So if you find yourself a Kage, please do not let them go. Um, for me, I remember the first 12 episodes came out and I just like clicked on it and I was like, how is this rating so high? And I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. And it was like nine o'clock at night by the time I was nine episodes. And then the only reason I didn't finish it was because I had work the next day. So ranking of Kings, completely incredible. Um, there was like a, five to six episode stretch where I cried every episode like incredible and to say that it can be cliche to say like okay it's not about the destination it's about the journey but I think they do an incredible job actually showing what that means so ranking of kings I can't recommend it enough has actually some of the best fight scenes towards the end of the show that I've in terms of just artwork and storytelling that I've ever seen as well. So, Ranking of Kings, check it out. But right now, um, I'm starting to feel some kind of dark energy. i um, a bit nervous right now, like something's, something's <laughs> happening that I can't explain.
0: Because <laughs> it is my time. It's time, our dear listeners, for the Black Air Force segment. Now... I don't need to explain what the Black Air Force segment is, but I will do anyway, just for my own enjoyment. See, those with Black Air Force activity have no regard for anyone's life, whether it be their own or others. They take what they want, if they want it, they'll get it. And they are on pure demon timing. They are monsters, they rep their brand, alright? If you see somebody with black air forces on, do not confront them, do not fight them, because it will never end well for you. And what better way to start this segment off than with my favorite character, Venom. See, Venom, also known as Eddie Brock and the Venom symbiote, they've both been on Demon Timing, separately and together. See, Eddie Brock, right? When he was Venom, the first thing that he did was to go and and commit home invasion and decided to scar MJ so badly, she developed PTSD. So much so that whenever Peter Parker is wearing that black suit, she gets glimpses of our demon Venom. She had to force this man to get rid of that black suit because of the fact that it reminds her of home invasion and potential life-ending threats. Venom is a demon. Now, the next thing he did, he also he once again commits home invasion, but he also does something even worse. And that was when he put the pause on Black Cat. Saw what I did there. But yes, when he see Black Cat was just returning home from vacation, she was overseas, she was gonna go visit her man, Spider-Man, you know, visit him at his old apartment, and find that the apartment is empty, except, no it wasn't, it was being invaded by a whole demon named Venom, and knowing that, uh, Black Cat was his, was Spider-Man's ex, Venom decided to say, you know what, my hands are ready to eat for everybody, and I'm about to... I'm about to show this woman what happens when you disrespect me. And decided to beat her so savagely, she also got PTSD whenever she saw Venom. And that's not even the worst part, right? And you could ask yourself, "Wow, is beating someone up not the worst part?" Because he didn't only break her physically, he broke her mentally because because then He decided to spoil for Black Cat that Spidey was married. Mm. Like, he just straight up broke her bones and her heart in one fell swoop. Demon. Now, the next moment here is a, is a pretty great moment for me and I'm sorry to all my Spider-Man fans. It, It hurt me too when I saw it, when I saw it on the page, but Spidey took L's. Like, he was just a walking L whenever it came to Venom, because he he just, because, I mean, Venom knows all of his abilities. He has all of Spider-Man's abilities and is stronger. Mm -hmm. He even bypasses the Spider-Sense, his Spidey's get-out-of-jail-free card, but nah. He, Venom, one time kidnapped Spider-Man and put him on an island so we could recreate the most dangerous game. And beat and beat Spider-Man senseless so many times that Spidey thought his only option for surviving is to trick Venom into thinking he's dead. Oof. How how much of a demon do you have to be to where your only option for the op is to uh, fake your own death? <clears throat> and this is coming from Spider-Man. That's crazy. That's crazy. But the but the biggest moment in my opinion is, and I know it's non-canon, but I don't care, Venom, he put his hands on Superman. You heard right folks, the Kryptonian himself was not free from Venom's wrath. See, in a crossover event with Marvel and DC back in the 90s, Venom found himself in Metropolis and he sees the Spider-Man, I mean the Superman statue. First thing he decides to do, just break that thing apart. And when Superman decides to come in with that uh, terrible mullet of his, because he just come back from the dead, Venom just just put his claws on him. Like I don't know what else to say. Like he ran his pockets. He beat him savagely. He was about to kill the Man of Steel. So much so that the character of Access was a new creation had to go find spider-man in the marvel universe and bring him over so that way they can fight him but even that didn't work his venom said oh nah, y'all are gonna jump me nah i'm jumping y'all and started beating him up and the crazy thing is there's no way that venom should have been able to beat superman with his power set heat vision almost invulnerability, yet Venom managed to do it anyways. He killed the, he nearly killed the man. Pure demon, pure demon. And that's, and that's just Eddie Brock. All the hosts of the Venom symbiote end up having some demon time moments, except for one, which his name is Angelo Fortunato, the second host of Venom. And he decided to not rep the brand. So, and he did the one thing that no one with Black Air Force should do, and that is run from your op. See, after getting beaten up by Spider-Man, which you should never, which he should never do, as Venom, he decided to go, oh, I'ma run. I'ma go regroup, you know, I'ma run away like a coward. Venom said, nah, you rub the Venom brand, you fight. You fight till you die. And unfortunately, you no longer wanted to fight. So you know what? While mid-jump, he leaves him. And you fall to, and Angelo fell to his death. He said, you didn't have enough venom in your veins, cuz. You can't rep the Venom brand. So you have to go. And that is why Venom is a demon. Dear Black Air Forces, please come get your forces, please. I don't want any smoke with you. I, I you got it. You got it.
1: That was an incredible choice for the first pair handed out. Uh so shout out CJ to Champ for that. But yeah, Venom, we forget that he was a villain uh because he's in his anti-hero phase, but Venom was absolutely terrifying. Um to read, especially early on in his creation. So just going from there, um, we're going to go to recommendations. So for me, for well, for both of us, we thought it'd be cool to just share other Black content creators and just kind of in the space as well. For me, I definitely want others to kind of check out uh, a list of names that I'm going to read off and kind of go down the rabbit hole. So I'll just kind of give you something that's easily digestible. So for me, first one, RDC World 1. They are going to be goats of this by the time all is said and done. So if you want to start down the rabbit hole, you can either go anime or video game house, in my opinion. Or if you're a really big fan of gaming, The Walking Dead playthrough. It's incredible storytelling. It's really super funny. Um, you hear all their commentary, and it's absolutely hilarious. It's a great investment in time. Next one is Struggle Nation, who, who kind of introduced me into reactors in this space. Um, They are 100% absolutely funny, and their chemistry is off the charts. So um, what you can look at is any Marvel trailer reaction before Infinity War, just to kind of get a feel of kind of how they are as characters and reactors, um, and kind of just their love of Marvel, and just kind of see it build up on each reaction. Uh, It's definitely something that you'll enjoy. And they also look at videos and react to them as well. So next is also um, Sylvanas, who there's one uh, set of videos that he does that is people that think they speak Japanese because they watch anime, (laughs) which is so true if you know someone that is really, really into anime. Um, And people that actually speak Japanese will tell you how wrong you are. Um, So that's absolutely hilarious that you can dive into and then check out his videos. So for more reactors, um, another big one is your boy Roshi. So if you ever saw the God of War trailer, um, kind of spoof trailer that they did, it's absolutely funny. It's one of the reasons they got big, but they're also reactors. And I love their Demon Slayer reactions. It's absolutely incredible. So you can dive into that and get hooked. And just to wrap up, two more um, reactors. It's your boy Rock Lee and then reanimate it. And for them, I would say either Attack on Titan or Ranking of Kings. And Ranking of Kings is the reason that I kind of got hooked on them. So, what kind of recommendations do you have?
0: Oh, uh, yes. And as I said, like, I also went with uh, black creators. And the, f- the first uh, is is this man, Burleasy. And <laughs> he's also goaded. Uh, and he just creates like all different types of content. One of the favorite uh, series that he has is. His cartoon his hood cartoon uh, intros where he just analyzes the intros to your cartoons from back in the day and just just roasts them, roasts everybody involved in it. But you have not seen Berlizzi until you have seen his playthrough of Detroit become human. Oh boy. <laughs> you have not seen a playthrough of Detroit become human. Like with Berlizzi, like it is, it's different. Insane. (laughs) And that's all I got to say about that. That's all I need to say about that. Because you got to experience it for yourself. Now, this next person is my homeboy, is my boy, Blurred Without Fear, an excellent and amazing YouTube tuber. And he pretty much primarily focuses on comics and comic reviews, uh, primarily X-Men, which, as you guys know, X-Men is an allegory for racism, which is perfect. And he does like many more comic reviews, but X-Men is like his pride and joy, his baby. And he also does gaming and everything of the sort. So if you want to watch A Blurred Without Fear, go check his channel out. Uh, I say start with his House of X 1 review. Because that's the current era of X Men, and that's where you start off at. And then finally, the last thing is actually a comic book that's coming out called Decimation Earth. If you're big into Lovecraftian horror, then this is the comic book for you, created by Black owners. And the premise is it's just, it's basically Lovecraft country but if the black characters had actual power and could actually fight off all these Lovecraftian threats. So please check, check out decimation earth and go ahead and give it a nice solid read.
1: Yeah. So we're about to wrap up, but Meech is going to take a real big break right now before we get into our plugs but wherever platform you're listening to smash the like button uh give us the five stars make sure you subscribe notifications we'll be again hitting you up every wednesday for the next 12 to 13 weeks uh we
0: really hope you enjoy and where you can check us out at uh let them let them have it all right. So firstly we got ourselves our Instagram and our Twitter both under at Blurred City22. That's B-L-E-R-D-C-I-T-Y 22. So that's two twos. Uh and then we also have our YouTube, which is under blurred city pod. That's P.O.D. uh, So please check that out and subscribe, Uh, hit a like on our podcast and our videos so that way you can receive more updates. And then, of course, we have ourselves a Patreon. That way you can just just give active support to to us as creators and to help improve ourselves over time and to get more quality content as well as exclusive content. And that is also under Blurred City Pod, B L E R D C I T Y P O D. And then lastly, we have our own email. So, as mentioned earlier, for the Geek Out segments, we want it to be fan submitted. So, you guys can submit your, your voice recordings of your Geek Out segments over at Blurred City 22. At gmail.com. I repeat, it is blurred city22 at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and going off of that, uh, we want our last episode to be a Q and, a huge QA session. So start thinking of questions if you want to send those in. We're also going to have fan theory segments where we're going to throw out some fan theories of our own. If you want to submit some, we can have that as well. Again, just a reminder on the Patreon. Currently, we have our Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness movie review as well as the in-depth study, character study of Gara. And we also have a Discord coming up soon. For my own individual author pages on social media, we have Instagram, Mitri underscore dash, so M-E-T-R-I underscore D-A-S-H for Twitter at the Mad Dash 16. T-H-E-M-A-D-A-S-H. 16. And then on Amazon you can check out my book Phantom Pains, a most irregular tale. By the time you're hearing this, it's going to be having a a 3-day promotion. So, with that, we're going to leave you with some words of encouragement.
0: And yes, so my words of encouragement is to never be ashamed of what you're into. Be happy with your hobbies and what you love watching or into and to never let anyone convince you otherwise or try to scorn or mock you for something that you find enjoyment in. Right.
1: And for me, I would say a big thing is don't be a passenger in your own life. At some point you have to take control of your own happiness. A lot of people that are celebrating at the destination with you weren't on the journey with you through the dark days and the tough times. And those forcing their own ideals of what's cool, what's popular on you is only going to make you miserable if you try to conform to it. So, just chase happiness. Life is short. A lot of bad things happen, but you are in charge of how you try to live your life. So with that, I'm just going to let you know it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. And that's the Blurred City Pot.
0: We'll see you later.